here we are. Hey, Grace. Happy May 1st. Happy May. How are things? Things are good. Things are good. It's Monday. We're live. How are you? Um, great. This is show number nine. It's going to be fine. Let's do this right now. Yeah. I'm Eric Idiot Renner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller and enjoy the party. F-K-T. And that is not... Kittens and tuna. (laughs) Turtles. Grace, shh, listen, can you can you hear me? Come here. Come here. Ask, ask me about my hat. Hey, hey, Eric. Tell what is what? that hat you're wearing? Can I see it? Oh, Grace, thanks for asking. This is the new idiot runner hat. It just came, I just got it today. Oh yeah. Boco. That's a boco. Super ventilated endurance mesh ventilator hat, something like that. And yeah, look, check it out. Not many hats can do this, but you can uh-huh. put this one in race mode. Look. Race mode. Yeah. Love it. What's a what's a beer mode? Or uh, I think beer. I think it's like sideways yeah. like that. Maybe. Nice. I like I it. Know. Like it. I know. That's good looking. I like it. Man. All right. How, about, how do I get one of those? Well, that's a great question. You just. Head right on over to idiotrunner.com and you can order one and it'll be shipped right to your door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. I can't wait. All right. Well, there was my shameless plug for the day, probably for the month or the next couple months. But seriously, I have 50 of these. If anybody wants one, they're very nice. I look forward to running in it because it breathes. Mm-hmm. I I've got some Bocos and uh, it's definitely one of my favorites is that brand now. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because we were talking about sponsorships and we were like, well, we don't really want to do sponsorships for the show, at least not yet, because we don't, we don't really want the commercials in there or to be beholden to anybody, but we did open up a Patreon um, in case anybody's interested in helping us offset some costs because we do like to come to races and give away free stuff, but free stuff means that, it, we just pay for it out of our own pockets. So, so um, definitely check out the Facebook or the Instagram to find out how you can help us out by uh, donating to our Patreon. And that those Patreon monies just go back to all the people who watch the show in the form of stickers and postcards and fun things. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Idiot Runner, I think, is going to be a somewhat of a part of the show, whether it wants to be Absolutely. or not. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Hey, guess what? I got hard nipples yesterday. Okay. Yeah. You <laughs> Tell know me what, why. You Tell know me what that why. means, though? What hard is that? Nipples, hard nipples is not a good thing, Grace. I, oh. They're sore today. They're okay. sore. When they were working Eric, hard. When Eric gets hard nipples and then it rains, the hard wow. nipples get wet on the wet shirt. And okay. Yeah. There's chafage. There was chafage. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah. what do you do for your chafage, for your nipple chafage? Um, this wasn't bad. I, I just, 
felt bad for myself and got a shower and felt them burn a little bit. There was no bleeding or anything, but yesterday was definitely the type of day that this guy needs to put the old uh, nippies on his nipples. Okay. Maybe that's one of the things that we should get is um, some, uh, you should do this for idiot runner. I'm going to give you ideas. You should have idiot runner band-aids. That would be an awesome idea. I probably have to talk to a brand that makes them to, well, I guess I could just do band-aids, huh? Let's figure this out. Yeah. No, I forgot <laughs> to turn the comments on again. Hello, people. All right. Uh, we're, uh, we're talking about, I, I don't have that problem, by the way. Bloody nipples, never had them. That is, uh, hmm. that, that's all on you, buddy. No hard nipples yesterday. That's what you're telling me. Uh, no, um, I mean, they do get hard sometimes, but they never get bloody. That never happens. No, no, I never get bloody. They just get to the point where it's like, oh, I should have paid extra more attention. Oh. They're tender. You know, it's kind of like you, you coddle somebody because they have tender feelings. My, my nipples are tender. So they need care and love. Care and love. Got yeah. it. Do you ever, does lube help or do you just do the Band-Aid? Oh, no, straight to the nippies. The nippies, the, they stay okay. on for like a week, even when you shower. I'm Wow. They should be a sponsor of this show because I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. Okay. I've never had the need. Yeah. Well, thankfully. Right. We have no, other right. we have other problems. Women have other problems and uh, bleed uncontrollably. Typically once a month. Not everybody, but a lot I of women. Don't, have. I don't know if there's a nippies <laughs> cover for that. There's not. Uh -huh. We should work on that though. Idiot runner tampons. Okay. And with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're talking about FKTs today, yeah? Yes, fastest known times. And we've been, we haven't been putting this off for a couple of weeks, but we've been waiting to talk about for a couple of weeks yeah. because yeah. you and I both like talking about said subject. You have a big one coming up very shortly, nine mm -hmm. days to be exact. Yep. Um, but let's, let's start out by talking. I, I know a lot of people that are listening and that will listen, probably have a pretty good idea what FKTs are and, right. and, and the different designations and things like that. But yep. we don't really care about those people. We care about the people that we, that want to know more about them and don't maybe yeah. know as much as we do. So, so we're going to break it down. Uh, FKT means fastest known time. There is a website. Uh, called fastestknowntime.com. Got um, fastestknowntime.com used to be its own thing. Uh, it was bought out by Outside Online uh, like six months ago, something like that. Yeah, less than a year ago. Um, and it pretty it it still does, even though it was bought by Outside Online. It it pretty much operates the way that it did previously. Um, but there is a website out there, and uh, basically, a fastest known time is a specific route. It can be road, it can be trail, uh, but it has to be, there has to be something special about it. So it can't just be like the quarter mile around your house. It needs to be something, um, something unique or specific about it. An example is the entire length of the Appalachian Trail. There is an FKT for the whole Appalachian Trail. There's one for the Pacific Crest Trail. There's one for the Mid-State Trail. There's one for the Standing Stone Trail. You get the point. Uh, so end to end on a trail is one of them. 
um, across the entire state of Pennsylvania. That's another uh, FKT as an example. Across the whole state of Delaware, that's another one. Um, so it has to be something special about it. The route gets submitted to the website for um, being considered official. And there are people who cover specific geographic areas. So there is a Northeast person who uh, checks out all of the FKTs that are submitted. And if they get approved, then they get added to the website. There are FKTs all around the world and uh, lots of them in Pennsylvania. So you can submit a new FKT or you can go after somebody else's FKT. So the Appalachian Trail has been an FKT for a long time. Uh, and people every year will try to uh, beat that FKT. Now, for the most part, FKTs, it doesn't matter which direction you go, except for a couple of them. For example, there is a separate FKT for northbound on the Appalachian versus southbound on the Appalachian. Do I have to say Appalachian? No. I might get some shit if I don't. But while you're while you're talking about the AT, it's it's important to note also that there can be FKTs within the one giant FKT, meaning okay. that, you know, like you said, PA has just the AT through P Pennsylvania is oddly enough, that's the one um, FKT that isn't as popular as I think it should really? be. Really? Oh, if you know anything about through hikers on the AT, the most hated state, guess what it is? I get it, but that's what I'm saying. We're ultra runners. We're ultra runners, so I would think there'd be people out there wanting to just go after that monster, though. You know what I mean? I think this is one of the places where there's a lot of crossover between hikers and ultra runners, where you see a lot of FKTs. You know, before String Bean, Bean got the FKT on the AT, the person right before him, um, she was a through hiker. Uh, she hiked the whole thing. I forget her name. Somebody throw that in the. Throw that in the chat for me. Who had the FKT? I know Erica knows their name. Uh, she she had the FKT before um, before String Bean did. But um, there's a good amount of hikers who also do FKTs. Yeah. So FKT different yeah. different categories unsupported. Uh huh. Run us down. Run All us right. Down. Yeah, there's three types of FKTs. Uh, the first one being unsupported. Unsupported meaning that everything that you need for that FKT you carry with you, with the exception of water that that can be found from a public source. You are allowed to stop and get water, but you can't purchase water. Um, you can't go over to your buddy's house and grab some water. You can use rivers, you can use streams, you can use a, uh, a spigot that is public to everybody. You can use a public drinking fountain, things like that. Um, but uh, unsupported means you have to carry everything with you. Now, if that FKT is only 15 miles, that gets pretty easy. Typically, you don't see unsupported FKTs that are longer than like five days. Uh, for example, there is no unsupported FKT for the AT. Uh, just because it would be incredibly difficult to carry that much food the entire time. So you have to carry all your food, everything uh, possible. And you cannot have any support. You can't have crew, you can't have pacers. Uh, you can't have somebody who waves hello to you from the parking lot if they know you. Strangers can wave hello, but that's it. Yeah. Yep. 
And that which leads us into the next one, which is self-supported. Yeah, self-supported being similar in that you can't have crew, can't have pacers, nobody, no friends can stop by and say hello. They can't wave at you from the parking lot. Um, friends cannot drop food for you along the way, but you can stop at gas stations. You can stop at campgrounds. You can stop and get your own stuff. You can um, uh, do any of those things. You don't have to carry everything with you, but you can't accept any help unless that help is available to anybody else. For example, if there is, uh, you can beg for food. <laughs> From strangers, that's allowed because anybody could do that. Uh, you just can't have a friend give you food. So self-supported, you take most of the stuff with you that you would need, um, but you can get stuff along the way. So there is a self-supported for the AT because it's pretty easy to to get help along the way, but it takes a long time. Yeah, and it's and again, it's worth. I think it's worth noting for self-supported and a lot. Of it, I guess. I want to talk about this for trails up here more than anything, but you're allowed to put stashes of your own, whatever you want out at an intersection that you're going to be moving through. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense for everybody. So if the trail crosses the road, I believe it's totally fine to put a stash next to a tree. Um, it might get stolen. That's that's right. risk you got to take, but yeah. you can put your, your, your water, Gatorade, whatever you want, refill right mm -hmm. there so that you can pick it up, making it easier than unsupported because unsupported, you have to carry it on your body. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a tricky one in that if you're doing a multi-day, uh, you know, what are the, the kind of risk you put yourself at risk of an animal taking your food and then littering all over the place and that's not good. Um, but if you're doing just for the day, if you're only, if you're, if you're doing something that's only going to take you say, um, eight hours and you knock it out in one day, um, then that's a little easier to put your own stash out there. So kind of take that as you will. Now, bear boxes are much easier and some trails do have bear boxes. Um, and that's a much easier way to stash some food. And then finally supported, which should be self-explanatory. Oh yeah. You can get all the help you want for self-supported. You can have muling is allowed. Muling being somebody running right next to you. Somebody can run in front of you, two people on either side, one behind you, and they can literally feed you out of the, they can put grapes in their hands and then you have to like eat the grapes out of their hands. Is that how you eat grapes? That is how I eat grapes. I wow. just I go like this. That's worth that's worth our viewers <laughs> watching this YouTube video yeah. instead of listening to the podcast see, It's brand new. It's the new way to eat grapes. Hmm. And uh, so you can people can carry everything for you. You can have crew, you can have pacers, you can have all the help you want the entire time. Yes, correct. So those are the three. Uh -huh. And what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, Grace, is I want to talk real quick about why I like each one and why that changes on the distance. Ooh. And then I'd like to hear your input also. And the greatest, the greatest thing about this FKT chat that we're having here is just like every other chat is it fits right into the mullet idea. It really uh -huh. does. You know, um, you can go really fast with no support or you can pick an FKT that doesn't 
ha actually have a, a very big time goal that you want to set one for other people to do. So you don't have to be the fastest person on the planet, you know? No, you don't. And, uh, and this is a great topic too, because both you and I have done FKTs. Right. You have several of them. I have uh, several of them. So whether you're at the front of the pack, like Eric, or the back of the pack, like me, we both have FKTs. We were able to set them and uh, have a good time along the way. So uh, go for it. Why do you like each one, Eric? So it's the unsupported in my in my eyes, in my little head, in my little pea brain is uh -huh. the, the most badass, for lack of a better word. I I like the idea. I love the idea of if you can do it yourself, man, that's a lot cooler than having help or putting stuff out there for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But obviously the the distance dictates how much of a badass you can be before you have to transition, you have to transition into needing help to a certain degree. So if I'm mm, going, I don't know about that. There's some there's some self-supported for the entire AT. You know what I mean? Well, self-supported is still helping yourself. I, I fully oh, agree okay. with that. I but, gotcha. Yeah, I just I'm with you. I, I was using help as a pretty broad term. So I mean, like for me, I would say for and this is for me, a 50k and below, it's no question in my mind if if I'm if I'm trying to go as fast as I can, I think I can hold everything on my person and yeah. I don't need help. Yeah. But there, there comes a fine line of when you're going to be slowed down because you don't have help. So I, I'm always, I want to be, I want to be the badass guy, and I want to be the fastest possible. Well, there's uh -huh. a dis, there's a distance that comes into play where you need help to to go the fastest you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Obviously, right? Because like you're saying, you can only go so far with unsupported. You, you can only hold so much on your body. If that runs out, you're, you're going to die, not die, but you know, die out. Let's not go morbid yet. So that, that right. part of it intrigues yeah. me a lot because finding that fine line of what you can do and still stay fast, quote mm -hmm. unquote, is, uh, mm -hmm. is different for everybody. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective because I tell you what, I th I th I'm about with you about uh, 50K or less, or I'd even say 40 mile or less, uh, yeah. really uh, unsupported, I think is a, a cool way to go. Not that self-supported wouldn't also be a lot of fun. I think that it would be fun to do a self-supported and, and try to go really fast and beat a, a specific time, but unsupported, I actually have the opposite experience. I did an unsupported in January. And I took my sweet ass time and I loved it. I was not trying to go fast and I stopped for a sandwich for lunch. I stopped for a sandwich later on. I brought some coffee with me. I spread out a little picnic for myself. I, unsupported in my head is like, this is time to chill out and just party with myself. Like I take photos along the way. So it's interesting that you say unsupported for you because you can go faster unsupported. I love it because I can just hang back and have a good time and take in the sights. Yeah. I mean, the FKT and that's why we're talking about it is you don't have to, you don't have to be shooting for that first place mm -hmm. finish either. You, they're, they're great opportunities to just mix it up and do yeah. something, man, besides racing. I mean, yeah, 
so can can we go ahead and get into like how we got into these and why we even like them? I mean, real yeah. quick, you know, I didn't, I can't remember when I did my first FKT. My first one was West Rim Trail, I think. And that's because it's local to me. That's because I'm familiar with it. I, I looked up what the time was. But when I did that, it, 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 it lit a fire inside me because to me, being a friend of the Packer, your race, you don't have those other people you're racing in a race, but it's still a race and you're racing a ghost, a ghost that already has a set time. You know, those cute little things they can do on TV now when you're watching the Olympics where they can put that like that pace guy in front of the person running yeah, as they're watching yeah. it and see if they're ahead of that guy. Or in, it, I think it's swimming that does that, too. They show the previous mark. But anyway, it's I mean, it's a ghost. And man, that ghost can get in your head a lot worse than any competitor of a real race, at least for me. So yeah. when I when I first started doing them, I did one or two. It was like, this is every bit as hard as a race. Front of the Packer, mind you. Sure. I'm a Packer, but this is every hard, you know, I, I'm trying to beat this time. I'm killing myself, but there's no aid station. There's no one uh -huh. here. There's no cheering. Yeah. All there is is my dirty little brain, which everybody tells me it's not a good thing. So, you know, that's why I love it. <laughs> that's why I loved it because oh. it, was this, it was this whole new spectrum of, of pain, you know? Uh -huh. Um, but you know, and after that, it was like, I want more. And then obviously FKTs blew up during the pandemic. They Everybody, did, yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of people realize that and know that. And yeah. it's kind of obvious why. And I I did a couple during the pandemic, making up for races that were canceled because I was already trained for stuff. Mm -hmm. And it worked beautifully. And I got more out of them probably than I did would have the actual race. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that hasn't done them, I don't care if you're in the front of the pack or in the back of the pack. If you treat it with the respect that most of these FKTs deserve, whether they have a set mm -hmm. time already or not, you're going to learn something about yourself and a lot more than you think you would just going out and saying, I'm going to see how fast I can go and finish this trail. Yep. Yep. That's spot on. And I, I got into them. I got into it. Uh, I had it in my head for a long time. Just the idea of traversing a trail from the beginning to the end. That, that was the thing that really intrigued me. And the Mason-Dixon Trail is kind of my home trail. It's where I go all the time. And the idea that someone would start at one end and go the Mason-Dixon's 200 miles and just go all the way to the other side, that experience and that adventure, like I wanted that. I was like, I, I want to go through that every day and just see how it goes. <laughs> You know, and uh, then the pandemic happened. I was signed up for Georgia Death Race, which at the, you know, depends on whose watch you look at some somewhere between 68 to 72 miles, somewhere around there. And that race got pushed to the fall the week that everything shut down. It was and it was right up to, I think, four or five days prior is when it got pushed uh, so it was it was really like everything shutting down and then Friday happened and that Saturday was Georgia Death Race. 
And I got it in my head earlier that week. I was like, no, I'm going down to Georgia no matter what. And then it became really clear, like, actually, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't go down to Georgia and I should stay here in Pennsylvania. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do the Mason-Dixon. This is the time to do it. And then a friend of mine, Roxanne Strine, who is amazing, she's like, all right, so you can try the Mason-Dixon and you might not finish. Or you can do the Conestoga Trail and you're probably going to finish that because it's 66 miles. It's about the same distance as the race you were going to do, but it's a little bit easier. I said, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And it didn't have a female FKT. She's like, you can take your sweet time and, and just get it done for the day and do it supported because I had crew already set up for this race. And that's what I ended up doing. I did the Conestoga Trail first. But I did it and it was the most amazing experience. I did not have a downtime. I was like, this is better than any race. I remember so much of it. I remember the spiders glowing in the dark. I remember the bridges. Uh, I remember being there by myself. I remember being there with my pacers. Uh, James Weaver, he uh, came in and rescued me from being able to navigate the farm section. And the experience was so intense and so amazing. And I felt so connected to the trail to the trail to me felt like this living thing. Uh, and we were out there together and I was, I was visiting for the day is what it felt like. And, uh, and I just can't describe anything like it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to just be out on the trail without, well, you know, without a, a pack of people and expectations and aid stations, just me out on the trail. And if I get the FKT, that's awesome. If I don't, I'm going to have a good time anyway. And and I get a lot of the same stuff from, from races. It's, it's just not the same experience. And so after I did the Conestoga, I had in my head, I've got to do the Mason-Dixon, the whole 200 miles. And I, I set in my head a, a date. Uh, two years from then. Um, and I did, I did the Mason Dixon uh, two years, exactly two years later, I, I finished that one. And then, um, then did the Brandywine unsupported after that. And there's, there's just something about every time I go to the Mason Dixon now, like, I feel like I'm in, I have this relationship with the trail that nobody can take away from me. Like we spent four and a half days together and, and I got to see every inch of that trail and um, I, I love it. And I can't wait to do another one. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had the same, you're talking about the spiders glowing in the dark and stuff. And I had the same feeling on when I did mid state trail, it was, I, I forget what time I started. It was very, very early in the morning, 2 AM or something like that middle of the night. But I, I started the trail and it starts going up a long hill and it goes onto a logging road. And it, here I am. Obviously, obviously, I was feeling good because it was the first morning, but mm -hmm. there was a bunch of whippoorwills out, the birds, and their their eyes glow in your headlamp, which is, they don't glow, but I sh they shine off, I guess I should say, a lot, mm -hmm. lot kind of like a deer's eyes and headlamp, you know, headlights. But it's, it was really cool. And there's a ton of them. And it, and it was, it was, the sky was just starting to break. And I had that same feeling that you're talking about. It's like, yep, this is why I'm here. And, yeah. and that's that, that kind of set the stage for the next, uh, whatever it was, seven, six days, seven days, I, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But again, like races are cool, even long ones, if you're into that type of thing. 
the atmosphere is amazing. You can't get it anywhere else. But one thing you can't, you can get is you just you in the trail when you're doing an FKT. And that's mm-hmm. just every bit as magical as these parties after races or seeing your friends yeah. during, it's just a different, different feeling. And I, I wish more mm-hmm. people could feel it real quick before we say go anywhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, PJ asked, um, what's the best way to track it? Your, 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 oh, yeah, route, yeah. Your, your run, which is a great question. Obviously yeah. if you have a good enough watch and these days there's some pretty heavy duty ones that will work just fine, but you want to have, if you're doing something big, big, you probably want to have a backup. For me, mm-hmm. I wore a spot device for, for a mid-state trail, which was seven days, just because mm-hmm. I wanted something that I knew wouldn't die. And I knew I could have two layers of protection for proof that, of what I was doing. Yeah. What about you, Grace? What are you using? Yeah. the When I did the Conestoga, I had a Garmin Forerunner 235, and that was it. And my Garmin, I kept having to stop and charge it. And at one point, it turned off. And I remember I was with James at the time and we went like uh, maybe half a mile. I was like, James, I'm so sorry, but we're going to have to go back. (laughs) Like I have to record every step of this thing and I'm going to have to go back. And I tell you, one of the first things I did after the Conestoga trails, I bought a Coros. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I need something where the battery is going to last. And so uh, I, I double up. I use both my watch and a spot tracker between the two. Um, and then I think Strava is a number three backup. So there was a section of my Conestoga that my watch was charging and I used Strava. So I ended up submitting it in pieces. As long as you have everything there, it's all time stamped. So they put, they verify everything. Um at the, the FKT website. So they look at everything. They It doesn't have to be in, in one fell swoop. My Mason Dixon was, I think, in three or four files because I did stop my my watch when I would sleep. I, you know, if I went to sleep, if I took just a nap for maybe, you know, 20 minutes or an hour, then I didn't turn it off. But if I was going to actually lay down for five hours, then I, I did turn off my watch. So I didn't put it into one long file. Right. So how many how many total FKTs do you currently have? Uh, I set three total, two supported, one unsupported. Since then, Katie O'Regan has uh, completely blown away my Conestoga FKT. Congratulations, Katie. I was really excited when she did that. Uh, So one of them has been beaten and the other two have not yet. Nice. Yeah. And that's one thing I want to touch on real quick too. You and I kind of had the conversation when we were talking about uh, having the discussion about FKTs, but I am a strong believer myself that um, FKTs are meant to be run by people and they're meant to put your time up there. And yeah. it's not, it's not so much to brag about how fast you did it or, and, and to, to show off to everybody, but by putting your, your time up there, if it may be the fastest time you allow people to have um, that carrot to chase after. Yeah. Which, to me, as a front of the packer, as a competitive person, I love having that because you just put that ghost on the game board. Yeah. Now, yeah. and I'm, I'm saying this because I and I may be wrong, but I, I I think there's quite a few through hikers and things like that that shy away from 
from uh, uh, from using computers and electronics, and that's fine mm-hmm. if they want to do that. But I wish they would put their amazing times yeah. out there for for on the FKT at least, so that anybody else can use it as a man. Look at this impressive time! I'm going to see what I can do with this. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a another good point. Is uh, just so everybody knows, you can go to the fastest known time website. Not only can you look up all the current routes that exist, but you can look up the current athletes. So you can find Eric down there. You can find myself on there and see what other people are doing. And I think, you know, Eric, you bring that up, and and to me, it's you know, it's not about bragging about here's what I did, but I think you probably feel the same way. It's like, I want to inspire people to get out there. I especially want to inspire women to get out there. I want to be like, look, it took me 21 hours to do 66 miles. It does not, (laughs) there are plenty of people out there who can beat that time. And awesome, Katie O'Regan did, you know, like I want to encourage other women to uh, get out. And uh, there is a a group, it's a growing group. I'm on the leadership team called Women Who FKT. And we do have specific advice for women. You can find them on Instagram, on Facebook. There is a monthly newsletter uh, that is pretty great and a website called Women Who FKT. So that's a fun one to check out. But I totally... Uh, I want to inspire other women. That's why I want to, there are so many FKTs out there that don't have any woman listed. And I want to fill all the Pennsylvania FKTs. I think need a men's time, need a women's time. There is a non-binary category as well. And for me personally, like I just, I, I don't know what it is, this idea that from beginning to end, I finish this trail and here's how much I love it. This is, so here's my tattoo. Can you see that? I see it. So this is this is the Conestoga Trail right here. This is the Mason Dixon. And if you want to know the details, go on a run with me sometime. And this is the Laurel Highlands Hiking Trail, which I don't have the FKT for and never will. Um, but I did traverse that from beginning to end. And so all of the trails that I do from beginning to end, I tattoo on me. Um, that that's how much I love these things. It's just such a cool experience. There were couple of the questions that came in. Um, one, and Grace, am I doing Mason Dixon Longest Day? I am not. I did it one time because every year it lands on my anniversary. And one year, Rob said, you can do it any day of the week you want. Here's your time frame. And the, that's the only way I got it done was because I did it on a Monday and I was able to still spend time with my husband for our anniversary. And then I snuck it in. Um, so I'm not doing Mason Dixon longest day, but I do um, recommend it. It's a really fun, fat ass race. And I think that's, I think those are all the questions that we had in there. All right. So um, the, the one, one thing I want to add is like these, a lot of these FKTs, especially, well, even if you're not racing it, if you're just, if you're just doing it to set a first time, they require a lot of, a ton of prep now. And I I mean, (laughs) I mean, even training, you know, we all, we all go through our training blocks for races and stuff, but now it's like, Oh, well, I want to do this. Let's just say this, a hundred K 64 mile FKT. Well, it's not just something you go out on a Saturday and just do willy nilly if you're going for the fastest time. So now, so now you have to, fit that into where you're at in training and, you know, peaking for that and not messing up any other races that you're might be signed up for 
so that part can be tricky, but it's also kind of fun. Yeah, I find almost as much joy in the prep as I do. I was talking to Jordan uh, Copenhaver. He's been really helpful to me as I'm scouting my next FKT. And um, I have almost as much fun planning this stuff. I really do. I plan out all of the gear. I plan out, you know, where am I going to be mentally? I have maps and notes and... Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned through this, I tell you what, going out on an FKT, it is in some respects, very much a solitary event. And in other respects, it's not, it's a whole trail community. I can't even count how many people helped me with my Mason Dixon run between everything beforehand, everything during the race. I literally, uh, Jake Landon, ran with me for, I think it was 60 miles. You know, he, he basically did a hundred K with me um, because he knew that section better than I did. And he knew he would be able to get me through it um, quickly. So um, all the people with me and even my friends who celebrated with me afterwards and made a big deal out of it for me, because you don't have a finish line, you don't get a medal. And so you have uh, this huge community that comes out of the woodwork to support you. And it's just phenomenal. One of the things that I try to do with mine is raise money for the, those trails as well, because uh, before my Mason Dixon run, there were pe people out there clearing the trail to make sure that there were no downed trees. Uh, this next one that I'm working on right now, a, a really great resource if you're thinking about one, almost all of these uh, big trails have Facebook groups. And so you join that Facebook group and there's hikers in there too, and trail maintainers. And you can learn a lot from other people and just say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Does anybody have any advice? And the next thing you know, you've got a whole big list of advice. And every time if I had not reached out for help, I don't know that I actually would have finished it because every single one of them, because I got so much advice and so much help. So it really does take a community to pull these things off. And, and uh, especially from previous FKT holders, those previous FKT holders, they'll be the first ones to, to come help out. So it's a, a cool community to join. Yeah, the Mid-State Trail, especially for me, was um, kind of like what you're talking about. There's so many people helped me get to the, the finish of that 328-mile trail that I, I'll never forget it. And that's one of the reasons yeah. we do this stupid stuff is for mm -hmm. our life and our memories. You know, one thing for me, I don't know if you, um, I'd like to hear your, your opinion on it too, but when I do, especially a longer FKT or I get, maybe it's just being in the woods by myself for a long time, but I get a lot more emotional doing a long FKT than I do would in any race. And yeah. I think I think the difference is in a race, no matter even if you're by yourself for six, eight, twelve hours, if you're doing an ultra or whatever it may be, you still you're still broken up with an aid station. You still see a, a random dude or a hiker or mm -hmm. person. So you don't really get again, for me, maybe I don't get deep down inside that much. But there's been several, and I haven't done that many FKTs, but off the top of my head, one, two probably about four out of the five brought me to tears in one way or another, whether, yeah. that, whether that was during or immediately after or mm -hmm. 
you know, in, in thought, thinking back on it that week following it, whatever it may be, mostly during and right after. And I don't yeah. know what it is. It's a good, it's a good thing. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not afraid, ashamed of it. It's nothing I can help, but yeah. man, what, you know, what other kind of thing could, can get you to really do that? You know, I don't know. And that's yeah. what, that's why I love this stuff. Yeah. I can't explain it. I've had the same experience, you know, you're, you're out there and it's like, I remember being toward the end of my 200, I got I was somewhere around 197 miles on my legs and, and hit this field section and this downhill. And, and I was with Eddie and uh, Jake and we just start bombing this downhill and I'm just like smiling and crying and running at the same time. It's, it is uh, like an out of body experience. It's spiritual. Yeah, And uh, it's, and I think that's why you and I are so passionate about talking about this with other people is because like, what a great thing for other people to go through too. Like we're, we're just like, man, skip that race, go do an FKT. But that, I don't know. I love the races too. I love them both. And yep. like you said, it's just, it's just different. It's just a different experience to have. Now yeah. um, I did want to hear some of your tips for whatever, wherever you want to go with it. I know one person had asked, I, I did post out there if anybody had any questions to submit ahead of time. And if you do still have questions, throw them into the chat. Uh, but one of the questions that got brought up, and then I also want to just hear your thoughts on tips in general, but one person had asked, how do you train for sleep deprivation? I did do a couple of things for sleep deprivation. Did you? I mean, the only one I didn't really, I haven't really done any FKTs that required lack of sleep per se. Um, I've done a couple rate. I've done one race that has, and I'm doing another race this September that I will be, I will need to practice my sleep deprivation. And that's one of the things that draws me to a longer ultra, such as a 200 miler, be no other race. Do you have to, uh, take that into account? And, and not only that is I'm a firm believer that everybody had, everybody needs sleep, uh, in different amounts, uh, for, mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it. I, I need a good night's sleep to function properly. I also need to be absolutely out of my mind, dead tired to be able to fall asleep, especially if I'm in a stressful mm -hmm. situation, you know, stressful situation being 150 miles into a 200 mile race, knowing that I need sleep and I need to sleep in this minivan right now for 20 minutes or else I'm not, I'm bad stuff is going to happen. Well, I'm not going to be able to sleep. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. that's what I love about it is, okay, I got to figure this out because here's my problem. Right. right? Mm -hmm. um, as far as tr training for it. No, I I've done now. I will do a lot of overnight stuff leading up to a big event as much mm -hmm. as I can. But mm -hmm. I've, I've read a little bit about the, the techniques um, that can get you to pretty much fall asleep as soon as you close your eyes. I forget what that technique is. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. I never spent the time to, I want to get, I want to do that for racing long yeah. stuff, but I never spent the time to do it. What, what have you done? Yeah, I, I did a couple of things. Um, 
And I knew I was going to, I did have a plan that I was going to sleep when I did my 200. I was going to sleep at night, but I knew that the closer I got toward the end, the less I was going to sleep. Uh, so I got a couple of tips uh, from Eddie Pantoa. He's done the Mason Dixon Trail, um, I think a total of four or five times. Even though he's not listed on the site, he has done it several times. And he had said, keep going until you're tired. Once you're tired, lay down and sleep. Don't try to push through it. And that was great advice. And so the first night, um, and then the, the other piece of advice I got from um, Scott Newcomer, he had said, right around 50 miles on your first night is when you should stop and sleep. He said, too many people make the mistake of pushing through it. And then they, they struggle later on and they're going, they're hallucinating and all of these things. When if you can sleep early on, then you can push through at the end. So it's very similar to he said it's it's really similar to your food, you know, eat early and often and then get on your struggle bus later on. And so my first night I did 47 miles. I was tired and I was like, look, I can fall asleep right now. So I think I'm going to stop. And I stopped at 47 miles. Um, didn't get a whole lot of sleep, but that was unrelated. It had to do the, with the weather. Um, and then. Uh, second night, I did the same thing. I went until I was tired. And then the third night, I just did like a two hour nap and I pushed through 70 some miles, um, mostly straight through. I did like two power naps in there and then uh, getting really good at power naps. So I can, I can um, lay down once I'm tired, I can lay down, close my eyes, sleep for about eight to 15 minutes and then pop back up and start running again. So as long as I have somebody who tells me get up now, yeah, and your ability, <laughs> an arm. your ability to be able to do that, I think it would is key for any long distance two hundred mile race is what's in my head because that's what I've done. But um, yeah. I have a hard time doing that. If I if I know I need to sleep, I lie down and I lay there for fifteen minutes and I get back up and realize I just wasted fifteen minutes because I didn't sleep. So it's like, uh, well, yeah, yeah. no, that's it's yeah. it's hard now. And the other thing is I did, so I did train for sleep deprivation. Those are kind of my tips for it. Uh, one of the things that I did, and I thought it was so ridiculous when I first heard of it. And that's the thing is you, you can't ever count anything out. You know, you can think that a, a specific method or a race is dumb and then you get to change your mind about it. So that's what happened when I first heard of the Goggins challenge. I was like, eh, that's dumb. I'm never doing that. And then I thought, wait a minute, wouldn't the Goggins challenge be a great way to test sleep deprivation without putting too many miles on my legs? Because as a backpack runner, you know, doing a hundred mile week is just not going to work for me. It's going to do uh, too much, too much for my legs. So uh, the Goggins challenge is four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So I did over Labor Day weekend. I did the Goggins challenge and that got some great sleep deprivation. The other thing I did, I was uh, crewing a couple friends for the Yeti 100 and I started them at the start line, crewed them for the hundred miler, got them into bed. And then I went for a training run. <laughs> I did hill repeats on the right. AT afterwards. And so putting myself in these situations where I got sleep deprivation, but I wasn't putting miles on my legs was really helpful. Yeah. And if nothing else, it gives your, gives your mind, it makes, lets you know how it's going to feel to have the lack of sleep. It's not going to, the more you do it, I don't think you, 
I guess you could get better at it, but man, when you're tired, you're tired and your brain's still going to do the same funky ass stuff, you know? It does do funky ass stuff. That's exactly what my brain does. What other tips do you have for FKTs? Um, I'm going to give Kip Hoffman a shout out real quick. He went out several years ago and did the old loggers path, 20, 26 mile, beautiful path up here in, uh, I think it's Sullivan County. I don't know. Lycoming County. Um, it's where sharp, the sharp top race is, um, went out and set, set the FKT <laughs> and, and he made this comment earlier and I went out two days later and took it from him. <laughs> so he made me laugh when I saw that comment earlier. Um, but Hey, that's the whole idea of FKTs, you know, right. See, what other tips do I have? Boy, I don't know. Learn, learn how to pack light at, if you're going for the fastest known time, um, it's every bit of a race as a race is, except no one's there cheering and no one cares that you're there other than you. So it takes grit, not yeah. only to do these distances, but if you want to do it fast, it takes yeah. grit. Yeah, it does. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. And I think my, my only tip is, is like I said, just reaching out for help because there's so many people who will help you on your FKT. Um, if you go after one and just sign up for one, they're fun. And bottom line is the common sense part of it is it's so darn cheap compared to everything else. And that's what, what everybody you don't pay for your up. own food though. I eat yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, come on race fees. Let's, let's face it. If you do a lot of races, it adds up sadly. Um, but man, during the pandemic, that's what people realize. It's like, Holy Molly, I'm getting this, this runner's high, this racing high, and I'm just, you know, going to different trails, doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, you know, talking about motivating people and we want to get them out there. I mm -hmm. want to, I want to tell on here what the short list of FKTs I have, and I want people to go out and demolish them because I'm tired of Ooh. them here. How's that? I love it. Let's do it. What do you got? I have the Loyal Sock Trail fastest known time unsupported. That's 58 mile trail. It, uh -huh. For those that are familiar with PA and racing, that's World's End, the trail that World's End uses. Mm -hmm. It's pretty gnarly. I'm, I'm not, I don't have all the numbers with me for these trails, but it was 13, 14, 15,000 feet of gain, somewhere around that. Sounds right. Um, I, I went out using John Johnson and Adam Russell, who is a, who is and was an absolute uh, magnificent trail runner, Adam Russell. He, they set the time um, supported in 13 hours and 32 minutes, and I did it in 12 hours and 50 minutes. So that's one of those things where like that 40 minutes, it might've been anything, but it could have been them stopping to get food and drink from John's wife, Amy, you know? So like it's, it's, you know, you gotta be careful if you're really going for the fastest time. Anyway, World Sock Trail, um, Black Forest Trail, which is an amazing loop trail, 44 miles. My time of unsupported is eight hours, eight minutes. And everybody should go do at least a part of that trail. I believe yeah. you've been on it, haven't you? I have, I know I've been on pieces of it. It is on my short list of uh, trails to add to my wrist. Laura and I have talked about it. We just need to go do it. Yep. Somebody has to get out there and crush it, though, and yeah. put it, put their time up on FKT. Yeah. 
West Rim Trail, very popular one. I did it unsupported in four hours and 20 minutes. I will never, I promise you, Grace, I will never try to beat that time. I, when I finished that, I felt so confident that I had just run my perfect West Rim Trail as far as racing it and doing it as fast as I could. Other people do it faster? Absolutely. Um, Ben Robinson, who you and I interviewed, he destroyed Mm -hmm. that time shortly after I ran it, but he got support from his girlfriend. Ah. He, he had had her give him some uh, hydration, which is cool. It's totally fine, but that's why it doesn't, his time doesn't beat mine right. yet as far yep. it, it beats it, but in a different category. Yep. That's all I got. I mean, Mid-State Trail yeah. has been beaten and Old Logger's Path has been beaten by Ben mm-hmm. Robinson. So I have those three left. Take all three of them. Please, somebody, I beg you. <laughs> and here's my list. Somebody had posted this question. They had said, what are some of the toughest FKTs in PA, um, like as in times to beat? And I made a quick list. Uh, the Great Allegheny Passage, Maureen Tobin did it in 15 hours and change. It's 72 miles. And uh, I think that's a tough, tough, tough one to beat. I believe she did it unsupported as well. And quick note, Whatever time is unsupported, if you go self-supported, you have to also beat the unsupported time, which means the, um, I believe it was the old loggers path. Doesn't uh, Tess have the women's unsupported time? I looked at old loggers path and I was like, oh, that looks like a lot of, no, never going to beat her time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she did it unsupported. So even with self-supported, I, there's no way I could beat it. So that one is a super tough one out there that I think is ready to be beat. Uh, the Kui Mahoning, which I was just on, I got to uh, sweep that course last weekend and I did it on a mountain bike and I am so proud of myself because I am learning something new, Eric. Is it Kui Mahoning or Q Mahoning? I think it's Kui Mahoning. I, I always, I, in my head, it was always Q, but now that you say Queen Mahoney, it's, I, think it's I like Queen. it. I think it's I am ready to be corrected on that. So I'll be. Um, we will have to, we have to ask my athlete, Stephanie Daniels, who we is. We have to ask Stephanie Daniels. She, she was the one who reached out to me and asked me if I could um, sweep. And I said, yes. And I'm really glad that I did a beautiful course. Everybody should do that race next year on the dam. Uh, but the Queen Mahoning does have an FKT to circumnavigate that trail and it's a tough one to beat. And I, I think that one is going to, you know, I, I, I'd love to see a, a super fast time on that and the standing stone trail because the standing stone, again, it's the unsupported time. Anybody who goes for the self-supported, they also have to be Jordan's time for the unsupported. And it's a tough one. I think that's a really hard trail to do. Uh, and you got to have good weather for it. I know Keith went after it and went into some some super tough weather. Uh, so those are some of the toughest FKTs in there. And there are a ton of FKTs. There are even some of out, out there that don't have a male or a female time. People submitted them, but they don't have a time up there. So there's a lot out there to go check out. Uh, but those are, I think, some of the more challenging ones and a lot of fun stuff out there. And I think there are other ones that could be created. Yeah. I mean, as far as on my radar, at least for local stuff-ish, I would say I I still have a strong desire to go do Mid-State Trail again. 
if mm-hmm. I if I can find the time. Yeah. Um, the AT Appalachian Trail through Pennsylvania, which I don't know if I've ever been on a foot of that. <laughs> I can't. Believe, I can't. I know, but I can't believe I say um. I can say that, but I don't think I have been. But I, it draws me. I the distance. I'm. I'm happy. I like, and the fact that it's hard. I like, and the fact that for some reason it doesn't get a ton of super fast people wanting to destroy it. And it's a big. Um, I mean, it's a big. It's a big thing a, to do. It's over three hundred. Yeah. yeah. It's over like three fifty, something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's somewhere around yeah. there. I don't know if it's over three hundred or not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But it's it's big. So those two and and then uh, Finger Lakes Trail, which runs across New York, has mm-hmm. always been in the back of my mind. That's 500 some miles. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what the ones I have in my head are, because I need to, on most of them, be first in order to get my name <laughs> on the board. Not always. For the Mason Dixon, I was actually second. Uh, but to, to Roxanne Strine, who, who went after it first, but, oh, PJ, uh, PJ, this is a good question. I do want to answer this question from PJ. Uh, he had asked any recommendations for time of year in Pennsylvania to go for an FKT. Do you wait for weather, et cetera? Do you want to answer this first? I know I have thoughts. Well, instantly it comes back to my mid-state adventure. I went in. I replaced Uray 100, which was in July, I think. And <laughs> July and on a volunteer <laughs> trail maintenance upkeep, I got into a crap load of briars, which ripped yeah, my yeah. legs apart for miles and miles. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it wasn't horrible. Um, yeah. But that that was that's what comes to my mind. I would say for any of these big er ish ones early spring as soon as snow melts if it's a you know yeah. not getting a ton of rain or before the leaves fall in the fall right i i think that's spot on for a couple of reasons uh one it is easier to see the blazes when you are in early spring because uh, i mean really uh, my first two, I did them in March and then the other one I did in January. And part of the reason why is so that I can see the blazes on the trees with no leaves. It's a lot easier to see those blazes. It's not marked like a, uh, trail, like a races, you know, there's, there's no markings over that are glow in the dark or there's a couple of them here and there, uh, but they don't glow in the dark. So if you don't know the trail, well, even if you do know it well, it's easy to miss a marking. Um, so those blazes are a heck of a lot easier to see in the spring. Uh, it does get treacherous on Pennsylvania trails, uh, typically in the fall. So I'd say an FKT in another state might be a better idea in the fall. Uh, but we have those baby head rocks. Do you call them baby heads? I call them baby heads. Never heard the term. They're called baby heads. They're like the size of a baby's head and they roll around and you step on them like baby, like baby doll heads. You step on baby dolls. Okay. (laughs) So fall, I would go against, and then uh, whether whether you do early spring or late spring, I think depends on whether or not you were going to overnight inside or outside. And just a side note, uh, you can go off trail as long as you go back on the trail exactly where you left. Um, you know, I know a friend who did the the Mason Dixon and literally went home every day and took a shower and slept in their bed. You know, so you can go off trail as long as you come back on at the same exact spot. 
but uh, you know, I like to car camp um, for this upcoming FKT that I'm looking at. I will be at campgrounds. And so that's why I'm going a little bit later in the season so that it's warm enough for me to be overnight on the trail in my hammock but I don't have to carry, you know, a really heavy duty sleeping bag with me. So I'm waiting a little bit later in the season than I usually do, but I, I'm still going to be able to see the blazes fairly well. And I'm not hitting in the high briar season of, of July and August. So I do think it's a, it's a good idea to check out that weather, although weather can be a fun challenge if you ask Eddie, he did, he he did that one year. He did one one he did one in every season, the Mason Dixon Trail, in every season, so he could experience it four times. That guy, he's a beast. Grace, 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 Grace. We need a shut it down button. I can hold up. <laughs> shut it down. I don't know how to read anymore. I won't read it. No, I. But I, I have a FKT coming up. It'll be super yeah. fun. Go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah. I am excited to be attempting the Horseshoe Trail. It's 145 miles. And the Horseshoe Trail, there's some unique aspects of it. One is it a lot of it goes through private property. And the maintainers of the trail recommend that people... Uh, not traverse it at night. So I am going to be taking my sweet ass time on this trail. And my plan is four days, three nights. I'll be going off, off trail, uh, night one into a hotel and night two and three into a campground, sleeping in my hammock. Um, so I won't, I won't be traveling at night unless I have to, and I'll be traveling during the day and, uh, can't wait. It's going to be a really fun trail. And wait. I do have... I do have like a Facebook group for anybody who wants to follow along. That way you don't have to, I don't like putting posts. On, I, I, I don't put a lot of stuff on my page, like my Instagram or my Facebook, uh, my, my personal ones, just cause I don't know. I don't think my life's that interesting, but I have uh, a group specifically. If anybody's interested in seeing updates along the way, um, you can, you can find out it's called grace. G R A Y C E is how you spell my name. Grace F K T's. And I'll, you know, if you want to follow, that's cool. And um, we'll see how it goes. May 10th is when I'm going to start. What's a, What day is May 10th? It's a Wednesday because I am quitting my job and I'm getting a new one. And my last day at my old job is May 9th and I'm hitting the trail on May 10th. Nice. <laughs> well, more importantly, you'll be done by the time our show goes on the following Monday. Yes, I will. I'll be done uh, Saturday until I have a little recovery time and be able to hop back on the show on Monday. I was hoping maybe we would catch you like in the middle of it. At oh, we could definitely we could do something live if you want to do that. We can have a special episode. Nice. So are you ready for it? Nope. <laughs> I'm mostly ready. I have I have my dining room table is just packed full of, of stuff and I'm I have a a pile of things that I think I need and a pile of things that I used to think I need, but I definitely don't have space for. I have a 24 liter pack. So a very small pack that I'll be putting everything into. I am going self-supported. That means that I need to keep everything with me. Please do not leave things for me on the trail. Do not try to say hello to me. Um, otherwise 
it becomes supported. And Christine Sandvik has the supported time. And there is no way I'm going to beat her because she is super fast. So <laughs> I am going to be going for the self-supported time. There's currently no male or female or non-binary self-supported time. So I would be the first one on the board. And there's no unsupported either for any category. That's awesome, Grace. As somebody who's done them and has done pretty big stuff, I know how much time and effort uh, and uh, hours out of your life go into something like this and a lot of respect yeah. for you for attempting it. And I know you're going to complete it, but I hope so. Awesome. hope so. It, you know, I, I just like being out there and um, I still have some nagging injuries that might creep up. And if they do and I don't get to finish, that's okay. And um I don't know if I do get to finish, then that is super awesome too. Right. So what do you got planned for this coming weekend? More prep? Oh, I've got a couple of athletes who are going to be racing. I have Kate's doing her first 50K at Grayson Highlands. And then I have um, two athletes on Sunday who are going to be at the York Half Marathon and York Marathon. So I'm going to be doing a lot of spectating and planning for my FKT. I, I have notes. I have a couple of things. I still need to get a ride to the trailhead because right. I realized like, I don't want to leave my car there for five days. Uh, so just like little details that I have to work out and I'm probably gonna, uh, mostly just try not to do too much. I'm, I'm tapering. I get to taper. Excellent. Enjoy the taper. Eat all the foods. Yeah. Nice. How about you? What are you doing this weekend? Um, I'm going to get one last long run in hopefully 20 plus miles before nice. Massanutten 100, which is, in, it'll be two weeks from this weekend. So that'll start my taper ish. And then pretty Saturday is uh Hills Creek endurance challenge in my, literally in my backyard, not literally, but pretty darn close. Um, so I'll probably go hang out there a little bit, cheer on, cheer on all the runners there and just, yeah. uh, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully it stops raining here finally. Cause it's pretty wet. Yeah. Yeah. I have an athlete who should be heading up there. She's got a little bit of a niggle of an injury, but we think it's going to go away. So if Stacy heads up there, you tell her she's amazing. Stacy, I'm on it. All right, Grace. We good. We're good. That's it. That's the show. Tune in next week. Thanks friends. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we appreciate it. And keep watching and tell your friends. Whoop, whoop. Bye. Bye.